0: In the holy name of Jesus, amen. If this long, cool, rainy spring has left you lonesome for summer, you could look on the bright side. The weather has coincided perfectly with the church's calendar. Only this week do we turn green for Pentecost, for common time, as it is called in the church, for the long, patient, growing season of the kingdom of God. The season of Pentecost does take patience. Twenty-five days ago, on Ascension Day, Jesus left without giving his disciples the full story. They were not ready for it yet. More story came on Pentecost with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and now more comes along today as we reread his parables after the fact of his death and resurrection. Still, today may not seem to you like a robust start. Two quick parables jammed into just six verses, but that, you see, is typical Jesus. Jesus has no intention of coming under our control, of living his life on the end of our leash. Instead, says the text, with many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. That means at any given time, Jesus will only give you and give me what he believes we can take. So it is small bites now to start here at the beginning of summer. But please do enjoy it. After all, Jesus never gives us anything else but himself. And in the end, he always gives us himself in truth and purity and fullness. You may need a smaller dose, but you never get a generic. So how do things work in the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus has no intention of telling you how. That is the one question Jesus always refuses to answer. How can water do such great things? Forgive sins, save souls. How can the crucified body and blood of Jesus Christ be present today on the paten and in the chalice? How things work belong to Jesus alone, along with his Father and his Holy Spirit. But what he is doing, what is what Pentecost is all about? And you can have all the what you want, all that you can stand, starting now. It is a charming and baffling and simple start. The kingdom of God is like seed. Seed scattered on the ground, or seed that is sown into the dirt. A tiny mustard seed covered up. So what will you do with that, especially since your salvation depends on it? If Jesus Jesus gives it to us simple, then it is best to keep it simple. So here are a couple of things you might remember as we move into the Pentecost season. Seeds are disproportionately small. They are ridiculously small, actually, compared with what they produce. And that, you see, that fits. The kingdom of God, and especially God in flesh, comes to us small. Born in a manger in a little town in the middle of nowhere. This Messiah, as he roams the countryside, is doing specific little face-to-face acts of mercy to the last, the little, the lost, the least and the dead. He goes about his business saving the world one person at a time. It is small stuff to you and me, but that is how Jesus ushers in the kingdom of God. So whatever our plans and our programs and our definitions and our visions for the church might be, I would think they ought to be bounded by his simplicity and scale. Seeds are small. And here's another. Seeds disappear. Scatter them and you lose sight of them almost immediately. Cover them and you'd never know that they are there. That fits too. The world, and often the church, is full of self-promoters. But Jesus has an instinctive dislike for publicity, self-promotion, coalitions, rallying the troops, and being king. In the Gospels, Jesus spends as much time running away from the crowds as he does running into them. And when they catch up to him, he rarely tells them what they wish to hear. Instead, he tells them what his father tells him to tell them. That disappearing act doesn't work out well, at least to our eyes and ears. Jesus knew it. And, of course, Jesus felt it. He comes to his own, and his own receive him not. He ends up being the cornerstone despised and rejected by the builders in charge. And he closes out his career by dying, rising, and disappearing, much like seed that is sown into the ground. But he who has eyes to see, let him see. And he who has eyes, has ears to hear, let him hear. Finally, besides being small and disappearing, seeds serve. Seeds sprout and grow and live and reproduce and spend a lifetime doing good for others. That fits too. Jesus' entire body of work, though miniature and mysterious, always proceeds selflessly for the good of others. Like a giant mustard plant that has sprung from a tiny seed, what emerges as the kingdom of God is entirely unexpected, unrecognizable, and undiscoverable. As Luther says, in the end, you can't know it, and you can't feel it. You can only believe it, trust it, confess it, follow it, and do it believing and trusting and confessing and following and doing, in joy and gratitude for Christ and his gifts, in all circumstances, good and evil. That is what it means to be part of the kingdom of God. Not that you or I could stop it. The kingdom of God does quite nicely all by itself. Thank you very much. You notice in the parables that the seed succeeds despite all challengers. In the parables to come, birds and thorns and shallow ground and hot sun and no rain and even enemies who come in darkness and plant weeds among the good stuff, they all take their turn to tamp it down but somehow the Lord always squares it up. Sure, Jesus suffers, and he allows himself and his kingdom to be frustrated, even unto death, but don't despair. When I hear seeds scattered and covered and disappearing, and then reappearing and sprouting and growing so large that an herb bush looks like the biggest tree in the garden a tree that spends a lifetime serving as a refuge, a shelter, a home, and a guardian for someone else. I cannot help but hear God in the flesh roaming the countryside and loving and teaching and feeding and healing and forgiving and dying and rising and ascending and blessing his church with his Holy Spirit to sustain it against the gates of hell until he comes again. Cannot help but hear Good Friday at Easter Sunday and Ascension, and now Pentecost. Not bad for something that starts as small and simple as a mustard seed or a backwater Messiah. That's not how we would do it, I know. We love force and coalitions and troops and victory. As Robert Capon says, we would prefer a thunderclap or a fireworks display or a giant nail driven into the earth by a giant hammer wielded by a giant god. And we are always ceaselessly tempted to take control of this, to take control of this kingdom of God and to speed it along and to force a conclusion that suits us and then to do a little advertising about our kingdom. Oh Lord, didn't you, didn't we, do well. Sorry. That's how Jesus is different from us. And that's how his kingdom is different from ours. And eventually his kingdom will come back and have the last say, quite apart from any attempts to hijack it. But if you are just willing to have Pentecost, this long, green, growing season of the church, and to have it patiently and on Jesus' terms, the Jesus way, my guess is that you will end up very much like the man at the start of the parable who sleeps and rises night and day and knows not how this works, but tending what he has been given to do, he someday has joy in the harvest. And you will too, you will have that joy if you will only have him, have the Christ, and with him have what is best, God's way and God's kingdom. And that seems to be a very hopeful start to the summer. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.